In this episode of In-Ear Insights, let's talk about what it means to be data-driven. So recently I was at an event and I, uh, being the complete and total nerd that I am, I carry around a little indoor air quality meter and it tells you all sorts of things like, you know, particulate matter and CO2. And I'm working along because I like to know whether or not I should be wearing a mask in any given space. If the number is above 800, you know, you should. If the number is below 800, you probably don't need to. And I was at uh, Inbound, the Inbound Marketing Conference, sitting in a session room. And uh, the number started at like 900 inside. It's like, okay, you know, and then uh, it kept going up and up and up and up as the, the session went on to the point where the air quality was so bad, it was as though you were breathing out of somebody else's mouth, which is a delightful image <laughs> to think about. So, <laughs> and that got me thinking. As I was, because I, I had it on the floor in front of me and everyone else in my row could see it and a few people asked what it was and I explained it to them. And what was interesting was that even though everyone could see the data in front of them live in real time, nobody else changed their behavior. Nobody else made a different decision to, to put on a mask, even though they knew the kind of conditions they were in. So, Katie, broadly speaking, when somebody says they are data-driven, what do you think they actually mean, given that well, every marketer says they're data-driven, but then when you see behaviors like this where clearly the data is in front of them and they don't make a decision based on the data? Um, I would say 99% of the time when I hear someone say they're data driven, to me, that means they, they are collecting some kind of data. They may glance at it, but they're not making a behavior change. Um, you know, yeah. a smartwatch is a really good example of that. I look at my data all the time and I do adjust based on it. Um, but what I'm not adjusting is the way that I sleep. Some of it I have no control over because I'm a terrible sleeper. But what I do have control over is when I go to bed, my watch isn't going to change that information. And so I stopped wearing my watch while I sleep because I already know how poorly I sleep. I don't need my watch to also tell me. And because I'm like the princess and the pea, it keeps me awake all night because it's one thing that I can like feel and wrestle with. And so that to me is an example of, you know, you're collecting the data, but are you going to do anything with it? If not, then, you know, give it up. It's a waste of time. And so I think that a lot of companies like to call themselves data driven because it, it sounds right. It sounds like we are using the data to make better decisions. But in our experience, Chris, we're giving companies the data. We're giving, you know, our clients mm -hmm. the data and they're still saying, yeah, but that's not what I wanted to do. So I'm going to go ahead and get like, you know, the triple scoop of chocolate ice cream, even though <laughs> my tracker says, hey, it's time for a banana. <laughs> to me, when someone says, when we talk about data-driven in the abstract, this to me is what data-driven really means, right? This is, of course, our, our friend, you know, map software on your phone. You put in a destination and then the system and the software collect the data and make recommendations like, hey, you should probably use this route, avoid these places and stuff. And then you get in the car and you, you do your thing. And you're literally driving <clears throat> with data. You still set the destination where you want to go. Mm -hmm. But then data comes in that says, here's, here's the things to do along the way that will either optimize the journey or hit secondary objectives. Like there's a, a variant of this app called Road Trippers, which is like, 
you want you can tell I want to make interesting points of interest stops like you know the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota you could you could set that as a destination it will help you get there but what to me defines data driven from a business and marketing perspective and whether someone is or is not is whether you make decisions with data when the data doesn't tell you what you want to hear. That to me is is the gut defining line. Like on one side, if you only use data when it says what you want to hear, you're not really data driven. You're still opinion driven. On the other hand, if you use data and you're like, ah, I don't really want to make this decision, but it's hard to argue with objective reality. Like this, this campaign is just not working. That to me says you are data driven. So... I have just learned from this conversation that when I am trying to get to the highway, I am opinion driven uh, because my GPS always wants me to take a certain turn, but getting onto the main road, I would have to take a left and it's a pain. So I always skip that section of the directions and I go farther ahead where I can just go straight through an intersection and my GPS always gets mad at me. So there are times where I am completely opinion driven because I think I know better than my GPS. Um, but I think, you know, you're absolutely right, Chris. It's the moments of that uncomfortableness when it's not an easy decision that really determines whether or not you're data driven. Anybody can make a decision with things that look great, with things that are moving in the right direction. Okay, so our, you know, we're hitting our goals, keep doing the thing. That's not a hard decision. If your goals start, if your data starts to point to you're not hitting your goals, now you have to make real decisions and you have to do the deep work to figure out, are these decisions going to get us back on track? And that's the part that people skip. It's very much like taking care of yourself as a human, you know, eat vegetables, drink water. Like people know that those are the things they should be doing. You know, don't smoke, don't drink, all that sort of stuff. And, but like one drink, one cigarette, like it's fine. I know I shouldn't, but like I, I totally can. I'm the exception. I'm the snowflake. It doesn't affect me. I'm the one who's special. It's the rules don't apply to me. And I feel like that's the trap that a lot of companies get into as well. Is like, yeah, I know the data says that we're not going to hit our goals, but let me just throw more money at it and just sort of see what happens. Because, you know, that's going to be the solution. I can't tell you the number of times I've heard people come up to me at a conference and say, after we talk about something like attribution modeling, say, mm -hmm. yeah, but you know, our company's different. I'm like, well, like what? Do you require your customers to like dance the the Macarena before they buy something? Like I, I'm, I'm pretty sure customers give you money and you give them a product or service. You know, it's not super, it's not going to be super different. Yeah, there are nuances, but right. The broad picture of something like attribution modeling pretty much stays the same from company to company. The only, I think, the only exception is anytime you're dealing with something that is non-financial. There's where there there is no measurable outcome prior. Like say, if you were running for office, right? You can't measure the conversions along the way to the election. You only have the election to to, mm. to tell you whether or not. Um, I would I have that. I would disagree with you, but that's a conversation mm. for another time. That is. <clears throat> so given this, then how do we help people become more comfortable with data that makes them uncomfortable? Well, you just said something really important, uh, which is nuance. And so I think what happens is that 
people look at the data and they assume that it's just black and white, that there's no room for interpretation, that there's no room to add in extra layers of information so that it does apply to them. You know, so the broad strokes, we were talking about benchmarking last week, for example, and benchmarking is a really good baseline to get started with. But if you're, if I'm comparing my stats to your stats, Chris, I'm never going to be successful because I'm not you. And the way that I behave online in terms of like how often I post, what I post, those kinds of things is just different from how you operate online. And so me using those numbers, me saying, okay, I can't use that number. It's never going to work for me is the wrong way to think of it. It's the wrong mindset because I've already set myself up for failure because I'm using the wrong metrics and I'm not factoring in that nuance. And so that's what we need to help companies understand is something like an attribution analysis. It's a jumping off point. It's not the end all be all. You need, nobody is ever going to know the company better than they do than the employees. And so filling in those other data points that the attribution analysis doesn't necessarily have factored in, you know, uh, time of day, budget adjustments, you know, what color something was when it went out or, you know, the how long the piece of content was when it was published or something like that. Those are the nuance points that are going to help you make better decisions by understanding those pieces. But you still need to use the foundational data, such as your Google Analytics, your baseline metrics, your attribution analysis in order to start to make better decisions. Because otherwise, you're just saying, well, I published two pieces of content. One was 50 characters long. One was a thousand words long. And one did better than the other. That's that's not really an analysis. That's just sort of a, okay, did I get lucky that day? Did I hit the right people that day? So you need to have those foundational pieces with the nuance layered on top of that. I think the other thing that took me a long time to understand and it took me many years to accept is that it isn't either or it's like you were saying at the beginning of our, our talk you start off your journeys making an opinion-based decision like i don't really want to make that left turn mm-hmm. and it's not you must follow the gps or you must not ignore the gps entirely right there's there is that there is room for you to say that i know these roads better and, and I'm more comfortable making this. So a mm-hmm. part of data-driven is the opportunity cost. The opportunity cost of you not making that left turn is like, what, probably a minute and a half of not a little either. bit of extra of distance, yeah. right? But it's not huge. Right. Um, so in that case, opinion or data really doesn't matter to the outcome. On the other hand, if you were driving to Cleveland and you chose I-80 instead of I-90, you're talking about a two-hour difference between those two tr- those two trips. If you choose one because you're comfortable with driving on I-80 or it's more scenic, whatever, you're trading off a lot of time. You're adding two hours to a 10-hour drive. And so in that case, data-driven probably is the better choice because of a much higher cost. So how do we help people understand when it comes to your marketing there are times when, yes, it is okay to be opinion-driven. And there are other times it's like, the cost of that's going to be pretty high if you're not. Well, I think that's where you start to factor in the risk. And so, um, you know, the financial risk, the resource risk. Um, you know, the data is only going to tell you so much, quite honestly. 
And I think that that's the other piece of the puzzle is that to your point, Chris, the data is not the be all end all. You still can choose not to do what the data is telling you to do. I can still choose to get on the highway somewhere else other than where my GPS is telling me to. You can choose to send out even more email, even though your attribution model says email isn't working for you. That is totally your choice. However, you then have to live with the consequences or the risks of making those choices. So to your example of I-80 versus I-90, can I live with driving an extra two hours? Maybe not. Maybe some days I can, maybe some days I can't. Maybe I'm driving out there on a road trip and it doesn't matter how long it takes me versus I'm trying to get to an event. And if I take the one that's an extra two hours, I'm going to be late for my own thing. And so that's the way that companies and decision makers need to be thinking about using the data to be data driven is what can I live with? If I choose to follow the data exactly, you know, can I live with, you know, a more conservative outcome? Maybe it's lower risk because this is the direction the data is pointing me into versus I'm just going to go completely off script. I'm going to take a bigger risk and maybe it's going to pay off, but maybe it's not. Can I live with it not paying off? It's a lot like having stocks. You sort of buy your age group, you have your conservative, your moderate, your aggressive, and it's always a trade-off. It's always a risk. If, when you're younger, you can theoretically afford to be more aggressive with your investing because Losing money when you're younger is not as devastating as it is when you're older and you don't have as much time to build that money back. And so when thinking about being data driven, that's really where my brain goes with it is, can you live with the amount of risk? If you can, great, do your own thing. Doesn't matter if you lose millions of dollars because you can live with it. If you can't live with that risk, follow what the data is telling you to do. So how does somebody assess that risk? How does somebody assess the risk in a, in a fashion where a stakeholder will go, okay, I see the, this here as the data-driven approach. I see this approach here as the purely opinion approach. I see a blended approach in the middle. How do you make that case to a stakeholder to say, like, this is the direction we should probably go? So herein lies the gotcha. <clears throat> you're still data-driven because you're still using data to make those decisions. And so it's all about perception. It's all about the way you're looking at being data driven. So if you're going to go off script and do whatever the hell it is you feel like doing, but someone's still going to hold you accountable for it, you still have to use data to prove why your campaign or your idea or your opinion is the right one. So if we go back to that very small example of me deciding a different place to take a left-hand turn, I have, you know, even internally to myself said, it's only going to take me an extra minute and a half if I go up the street a little bit farther to the intersection to go through versus taking the left-hand turn here. And so I've used a data point, data point being time, to justify why it's okay that I take this particular you know, route instead of what the GPS is telling me because I'm not going to be late for a doctor's appointment if I go this other way. And so in that example of, you know, YOLO, I'm just going to do whatever I want. I'm just going to spend a million dollars. And then your boss is like, so Chris, tell me why it is you think it's okay for you to spend a million dollars. What do we get out of that? You still have to use data to justify what it is you're doing. So you are still being data driven. So haha, suckers, you're going to be data driven, even if you, even if you don't think you are. <laughs>
<laughs> I might suggest also um <laughs> not calling people suckers. Okay. I mean you can. Uh that that's totally fine. No, in in terms of of tactically bringing that to life, if you think about the the 5P process that we use, purpose, people, process, platform and performance. Choosing an approach, data-driven, blended, you know, opinion-driven, your purpose should be the same, mm -hmm. right? Um, which is whatever you're trying to achieve. And then in each of those categories, you can say, here's the people we need, here's the processes we need, here's the platforms and technology uh, and the resources, mm -hmm. and then here's the expected outcome, the, the performance. And so if you present that to stakeholders that way, like saying, we want us, we want, we, we, know, we know we need more leads, mm -hmm. we're going to, you know, one approach says, we're just going to wing it. And spend a whole bunch of money on Facebook. So you probably don't need a ton of people for that, right? You probably mm -hmm. uh, have some defined processes and you have your platform of choice and you have your expected performance. Mm -hmm. uh, to your point, Katie, you, you are still being data-driven in this instance. In other cases, you'd say, let's figure this out. So you have your, your purpose is the same. Mm -hmm. The people now might include some of those data science skills to run a marketing mix model or a attribution model. Your process would be very different because you'd be creating these models uh, to then say, okay, here's maybe the spread of investment we should make. And then you choose your platforms from that. And then you say, here's our expected uh, performance based on that. I think if you presented a case of, you know, the different approaches towards achieving a goal with that framework, it'll be easier to get a stakeholder to say, I, you know, I want A, B, or C, like pick, mm -hmm. pick one from the, from the menu. Well, and that's, you know, that's exactly the way that you should be approaching it. The five P's basically act like a mini business case for each of the different options. And so, Chris, if you were coming to me saying we can either spend $50,000 or we can spend a million dollars, my first question to you would be like, well, what do I get for each one? And so by using that structured, basically, you know, analysis of, you know, going through, well, here's the people we need to do the million dollar one or the $50,000 one, here's the potential outcomes. It's easier to make those decisions because you have at least outlined what's expected. Um, so even if you feel like you're going off script, you still need to have some kind of expected outcome in order for people to feel comfortable with you going against what the data is telling you. And so the five P's is a really great way to approach that because you can sort of go through all the different factors um, you know, it's, it's interesting because I feel like the term data-driven, it's a couple of things. One is it's almost like a dirty word because people are like, oh, I can't be data-driven. Data takes too much time. The other side of that is let me just, you know, use the term data-driven just to like, you know, as a band-aid for things. I don't really know what it means. And so ultimately at the end of the day, we're all data-driven to some extent. We're all using data. And I think that it's that term data that needs to be redefined because, you know, as you're going through the five Ps, for example, that is not your, you know, individual binary number data points. That's your qualitative data. So you are being data-driven. So you're saying, I need Chris's time. I need John's time. I need Katie's time each of us are actually also data points. It's just not the traditional spreadsheet of data. Exactly. And the other thing that I think, and this comes from, from you know, my machine learning background, there's a type of data environment called sparsity, sparse data, which essentially means you don't have very much to work with. And in those situations, being fully data-driven, you know, taking opinion out of the equation, 
in some cases is not possible, right? Because there isn't enough data to make a decision. It's like uh, if you have one conversion in your Google Analytics over 90 days, like the, the built-in attribution modeling just can't work. It, it, it will mm -hmm. simply say, I don't have enough information to make a decision. And in those cases, particularly for people who are more quantitatively minded, yeah, you've got to just kind of wing it in those instances. You've got to use your best guess informed by experience by your understanding of human behavior and psychology informed by you know macro trends to say this is probably the direction we should go i can't be certain but we don't have enough information to make a good decision well and in that case too a different data point is asking your audience what are we doing wrong what's not working what aren't we giving you and those are all usable data points to inform your decisions you know, I think that that sort of like as we're trying to demystify, you know, being data driven, you don't have to use machine learning processed or artificial intelligence data in order to be data driven. Asking your customers what they want is being data driven. Talking to your audience, looking at what people are saying about you on social media, that's being data driven as long as you're using that information to inform your next steps. Exactly. And the other thing I think should be a, a point that marketers should keep in mind is the further along in time you are, the more data you have available to work with. So if you're at the beginning of a project or a campaign or something, there may not be information to work with, right? You may not have had time to run a survey. You may not have any data in your new Google Analytics installation. Um, and in those times, you do have to use as much macro and background information as you have because you, you will not have the quantitative data to even make those decisions. Conversely, if you are at a company that's now 130 years old and you've got great data and the systems have been you know, in place and working well, you probably should be at least that hybrid blend of opinion and data, right? If not be leaning more towards the data-driven side because you at that point should know your market, you should know your audience, you should have been doing those surveys and had that customer advisory board, all that stuff in a mature environment should be in place. And if it's not, that's a good blueprint for the things you need to remediate to, to get that ship righted. So it sounds like, you know, people, marketers, companies, businesses don't need to be afraid of the term data-driven. It's not going to, you know, uh, squash your creativity. You can still have your big ideas and execute them and sort of like, I know best, but using the five P's, using that foundational data, using the information you already have is going to just help you make better decisions. It doesn't have to bog you down. You don't have to be stuck in spreadsheet hell of like thousands and thousands of pages of numbers in order to make a decision. That's doing it wrong. That is absolutely the wrong way to do it. So if that's what you think data-driven is, take our advice and know that that's not being data driven. That's just being silly. Like you're just stuck. Like that's just like sitting on top of a pile of numbers going, I don't know. Like that's not data driven. Data driven is using the information around you to inform your decisions, whether it be a chart, you know, a date, a number, a numerical data point, customer feedback, you know, feedback from other people in your agency. Those are all usable data points that allow you to become data driven. Exactly. And as we say often, data without a decision is just a distraction. So try to make sure that you're you are making decisions 
along the way. And speaking of decisions, if you've got some decisions and some data-driven stuff you want to share, pop on over to our free Slack group. Go to trustinsights.ai slash analytics for marketers, where you and over 2,700 other marketers are asking and answering each other's questions all day long. And wherever it is you watch or listen to this show, if there's a place you'd rather get it, chances are we have it. Go to trustinsights.ai slash TI podcast to see all the different platforms we're on. And if you happen to be on one of those platforms like Apple or Google, please leave us a review and a, and a rating as well. It always helps out the show. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll talk to you soon.